Hello everyone. Welcome to my show Career Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs, leaders, C-suite executives and people who can inspire you with their personal journey. And this is your host Priyanka Komla. Today I have with me a very special guest, a one of a kind trailblazer woman entrepreneur. But before I unveil who that is, I'm going to put in a quick reminder for you to subscribe to us by following me Priyanka Komla. and a career startup podcast page on linkedin for your linkedin live notifications we're also on youtube so if you're tuning us on youtube do do not forget to hit the subscribe icon and we're also on twitter at path startup with that being said i'm going to unveil my fabulous guest from new york ritu saheb hi ritu welcome to the show hi priyanka thank you so much it's an absolute pleasure to be for being here That's amazing Ritu and I'm super excited to have you on the show. First I would love to say happy Diwali to all our Asian and Indian listeners out there and to you Ritu as well. Thank you Priyanka to you as well. It was a great Diwali day yesterday. Thank you so much. So to our listeners of Career Startup podcast, this is our 56th episode. So thank you again for your loyalty, for your encouragement and your unwavering support as we continue to ace 100 episodes soon. And let's talk a little bit more about who Ritu Sahib is, a first-generation immigrant who chose an unconventional career path to be an architect. With dreams, she landed from Mumbai to the Big Apple city, New York. And you can find her hanging off buildings or facades in New York. Best part about Ritu is she's a trailblazer woman. Why? Because she didn't have to give up motherhood or her passion for dancing or running. or that amazing career or the fact that she makes awesome money to be at the top how does it feel ritu when you look back at your journey as a stone mason from mumbai to the amazing skyscraper city of new york wow you've captured it pretty well so you have put it in a nutshell you know from uh, mumbai uh, to lower east side in manhattan there's a lot of similarities between both the cities uh, currently lori said uh, i'm in new york it was a long journey it was a long journey let me tell you that yes i did as you were chatting i did work as a stone mason with one of the esteemed architects in india his name was nari gandhi he no longer lives but he was called the howard rock of india and he was a disciple of frank lloyd wright one of the most famous architects uh, in history of the world. So I did get a job with him as a student when I was uh 20 and they the workers on the site didn't ha- dare ask me what my full name was and they had to enter my name in the register so they put in my name as Ritu Bai and I was earning 60 rupees per day for working there. So yes, the journey has been long from a stonemason to hanging off doing facade inspections, hanging off the high rises in New York City. and let me give you a few highlights of uh this journey so i was lucky enough in being very clear in what i wanted to do and at the age of 16 i decided to become an architect uh not only was i certain on what i wanted to do but i, I was also very set on how i wanted to do it so everything that's happened in my life since then has been because of those decisions i made so i went to architectural school i graduated and i decided to set up my own practice in mumbai as a young architect which i did and i had some clients i had some work 
accept that vision that I talked about for my life, the things that I saw happening for my life, not only the architectural field, but other fields as well, weren't quite happening. So I decided to move as an architect uh, to the US. And of course, I like to make things difficult for myself. So I said, well, I'm not going to get a graduate degree. I have plenty of education. I have licenses as an architect. I am going to find a job as an architect. So I came as a tourist. And that's what I did. I found a job. And the economy was booming. And there were some people who trusted me, who trusted me to learn how I would complete the job, which is very different in the US and take it from there. So that was the start of my journey in US in 1996. I could go on if you're more interested in what's happened since. Oh, absolutely. That's what this okay. podcast is about. But before we do that, I wanted to give a real world picture of who Ritu is and her transformation over the ages. So I have a couple of uh, uh, you know, candid pictures of Ritu, which I'm going to put on the show over here. So Ritu, tell us the story behind this naive 25-year-old girl? So this is uh, the house that Nari Gandhi built. It's a second home for an entrepreneur in Mumbai, Mr. Sadruddin Daya, who was one of my uh, loyal friends and mentor back then. And I, this is a house I worked uh, a stonemason in. So some of those things you're seeing back there, they were put by me. No gloves, nothing, just with the cement and a trowel the slurry was applied and these wonderful organic architecture came to life. So naive I might have been, <laughs> but uh, what beats the naivete is ambition. So it's that ambition which made all these things happen for me since. And after I came to the US, I actually worked in the architectural firm and then I decided to take time off and co-founded a company that had nothing to do with architecture. I married one of my co-founders. I had a child. And then I got back into architecture again, which was in 2008. And it was not a good time to return to architecture because it was an economic collapse. So nobody was hiring. Ritu did it. I guess it was my hard-headedness, which just made me happen, you know, make it happen for me. And I managed to grow from there. And finally, to present day, where I established my this particular version of my business in 2015. And I've been soaring since. So those are little nuggets from being naive stonemason in Mumbai to being this world traveler ending up in Lower East Side in Manhattan as a female architect. You know, Ritu, as I hear more about your story, it's a, it's a story of transformation as a person to figure out that you are capable of reaching great heights. All you have to do is set your mind and your soul onto it. And you're just a classic example of someone who's crossed a lot of barriers. And I can imagine both internal and external, depending on the society that you grew in as a woman, as a, you know, as a woman of color, as somebody who comes from a strata of society where you had to break a lot of stereotypes to be where you are today. That's absolutely true. When people think of buildings, I doubt if they think of a woman architect, you know, they're thinking of a male and that's a natural picture that comes to their mind. And that's a natural person they gravitate towards in order to award that job, that design construction job that they have in mind. So that is true, but uh, that is not the only thing. What we have inside us is that we learn 
and we can grow outside our comfort zone. We try, which is what we do. All immigrants, they do it when they move to a new country. You have to do it or you will not survive. And then women who work harder. There have been many women who have come before me who have had far larger barriers than I have had in recent years. So I thank them for it. But also, let me tell you, the greatest thing that saves me is the economy. You know, the jobs have to get done. Men, women, Asian, non-Asian, white, yellow, black, brown, 20-year-old, 50-year-old, the jobs have to get done. If you're good, you will be hired. So you just have to have that ambition and keep applying yourself and people will see it and they will hire you. You know, at some point they stop thinking you as a woman architect. You're just an architect. So business is in everyone's self-interest. They are business owners. People want to get the jobs done. You are a doer. You can get the job done, which is how I have most of my clients. That's pretty amazing. And you bring in a wonderful point. There's a huge shift in the mindset as to how people perceive you. You know, there are these barriers about our ethnicity, the culture, and the society that we grew up in. But again, as you mentioned, the economy needs talented people. And that's where, you know, you and all of our listeners and uh, we all come together to make this world a better place. Yes, absolutely. So that is how I got started in 96. And, you know, uh, these the architect that hired me, he had never sponsored anyone for their... Uh, H-1B work visa, but he took a chance and he was extremely happy. He would come to me every few months and say, hey, Ritu, I'm giving you a raise. I don't have to ask for it. He saw my work. He acknowledged me. He recognized it and he gave me a raise every few months. So yeah, so that's the economy. He wanted to keep me. He wanted to encourage me. He wanted to see me do good work so he could do good work and continue to have people like me in his business. So yeah, this business is a big saving grace uh, in this world. That's an amazing story to begin with. And a lot of our listeners can relate to this because, you know, they're at the cusp of finding their first career or delving into their mid-career or people who are interested in getting to the field of architecture. So I would love to acknowledge some of our guests who have tuned in. So for our guests, two things that I'm going to request you to do is one, please drop in a hello and which country that you're tuning from. So it gives us a chance to say hello to you. And two, we're going to win a free mentoring session. So all you have to do is put in a great question or a comment and figure out your chance to win a free, exclusive, one-on-one mentoring session with Ritu herself. So let's see who that lucky winner is going to be. So Ritu, I'm going to acknowledge a few of our uh, listeners who've tuned in. We have Ketaki Vaidya, who's very excited for the session. Hi, Ketaki. We have Rajesh Tavan from India as well. Yes, I know Rajesh. Hi, Rajesh. Good to see you here. A lot of loyal supporters of uh, Ritu on the show as well. We had Nidal, uh, uh, Nigel Did uh, Souza. Happy Diwali. Thank Nigel you. Nigel is joining. part of. Excuse, sorry, uh, Priyanka. Nigel is part of my crew. He's one of my young mentees. He makes things happen for me in New York. Thanks for tuning in, Nigel. Thank you, Nigel. It's always nice to have your mentor-mentee relationship, which you'll we'll also talk about as part of our podcast today. We have Nikita Parmer, uh, who's joining us again uh, from the US. Inspiring to learn about your story, Ritu. Oh, thank you. (laughs) A couple of other quick acknowledgements. Uh, Quick note from Rajesh Tavan. Great to hear about Nari Gandhi and your start with him. And Ketika says, your journey is very inspiring. And it's a blessing to be able to find the reason we want to get out of our bed every day. Thanks, Ketika. 
Yes, absolutely. It's that vision you have. The journey is hard. You know that. And it's that vision you have that keeps you going and going. That's awesome. Couple more things. Um, great inspiration, says Rajesh. For those who are starting in this tough environment, uh, that's very impressive because, you know, when I try to bring in guests to my show, Ritu, I try to bring in a diversified set of people who come from different walks of life, be it technology, you know, finance, uh, you know, entrepreneurs. And you are a special guest in my show because I've never had an architect, you know, somebody with your kind of a life journey and the transformation. That's very incredible. And that's what I like to bring to my listeners. So we get to see a different flavor of the Asian diaspora that we don't get a chance to see in our traditional media outlets. Thanks, Priyanka. Yes. So when I tell people I'm an architect, I have to correct what they think. I have to tell them I'm not a systems architect. I'm one of the old fashioned, traditional kind architect that makes buildings. So I'm glad uh, that I'm helping you diversify uh, the range of your guests. That's awesome. Uh, we have Satya K who says, hi, Priyanka. Hi, Satya. Very interesting and inspiring interview. Keep it up. Thank Thanks, you. Satya. Oh, let's, so let me get back to a crucial question that I'm very curious about asking. When you took that flight journey from Mumbai to New York, what did you say to yourself? Because you're taking a big bet on your life, moving to a different country. What is one thing that you kept telling to yourself on that journey? I'm going to do it. I'm never going to go back to India ever again. Well, maybe only as a tourist, maybe as a second office, but I am going to set up a whole new life in the US. So even though I came as a tourist the day before I flew, I had decided this is it. I'm moving to the US for good and I'm going to establish a whole life. I had absolutely zero concept of green card, of citizenship, starting a business here, or that I would have to start right at the bottom of the ladder. I had absolutely no idea about that. It was it was a shock, you know? In, in, in India, I had an established place in society. People knew me. People wanted what I was doing. Uh, there was acknowledgement. There was sort of visibility, not exactly the way I liked it, but I was somebody. But in the US, I had to be a literal nobody and start at the minimum wage when I arrived here. So, but that I would stay here and make it happen. And other things that I would make happen in my life besides career, that was extremely clear to me. So that's what I was decided on. That's amazing. When, you know, as, as a human, when we know what we want, it's easier to go behind them. And that keeps you going when you have these high end lows in your life. Yes, that, that is true. So the journey has been long, but everything that I set out to do, I have mostly done it, except career, which is just taking off right now. So That's impressive. And we wish you all the very best as you continue in your endeavors. We're always happy to be your cheerleaders. <laughs> Thank you, Priyanka. All right, so let's focus a little bit more on the field of architecture. You know, as an outsider, as a layman, what are the top three qualities that you need to have as an architect? So architect, I think, lies at the confluence of art and science. So I think that's what makes uh, inspiring architecture. It's just not a building. It's not just a building. It's much more than a building. You have that aha moment. You know, it, it, it creates those emotions in you. So you definitely need to have interest in both of these disciplines. You know, you need to be interested in art. And people who are my Facebook friends, they will testify the amount of art they see on my Facebook. And you have to have technical thinking in science. You cannot be bored when you talk about concepts and logic and you know how things proceed or structures. So that's number one. Uh, 
Number two is you should be a problem solver because even though we are designing buildings, we're designing buildings in the established cities, we are not only designing new buildings, but we are also renovating existing buildings because buildings already exist. It's hard to demolish them. So you have to be a problem solver because you're going to have clients that come to you and they're going to present their problems to you and you have to understand the problem and you have to find the solution to the problem which lie in design but besides design they also lie in other disciplines which are connected to architecture you know there's a whole different system that's connected to architecture uh thirdly i i would say you have to be able to visualize so that's the abstract part that when you're thinking about buildings when you're thinking about spaces when you're thinking about the built environment in your head you should be able to see very clearly what is it that you'll be talking uh you're talking about so some of it people have you know teenagers have i had it and the rest of it it is uh you are trained for it so that visualization aspect is i think very important in becoming an architect you know these are great qualities that you need to have and i see it as an engineer as a technologist mm -hmm. having that creativity you know that's the life spirit that keeps you going in no matter the field you are in absolutely that's a little extra that gives you that soul that rewards your soul you know it's not just about functionality it's also about the other things that happen and creativity exists in all field but more so in architecture you can see it you know you're inventing you're creating something from nothing so that's definitely there that's awesome so what's one of the best project that you worked for that's so close to your heart ah oh, priyanka i don't know you'll be asking me that <laughs> So, you know like a mom i should say oh i love all my children so like 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 i said that we problem solve so when our clients come to us i spend a lot of time and i do get emotionally very invested in solving their problems because you know i'm the architect they've trusted me with their problems let me talk about a couple of projects which have appealed to me a very different scale of the project one is uh, an amazon warehouse so they they are leasing this warehouse in queens but the previous owner of the warehouse was a client which is citizen watch company and they came to us they owned the warehouse for i think 20 30 years at that point the trucks could have come in the delivery trucks but they didn't have the turning radius to get out so there's no point in the trucks coming in right so they solved the problem by buying a piece of land except in over 30 years they could not combine the two properties so that it was part of their property so we solved that problem it took us about 2 years to do that and the fact i like this project is because the fix was very small but the impact of this fix is huge you know there's millions of new yorkers sitting right there in their homes getting packages during covid from this particular warehouse are they able to go there and collect it from Amazon. So I like that. So that was one of the uh, projects I really like. The second project is much bigger than that and the fix is much more and the design solution is far more inventive and uh more investing for me. It's a 50,000 square feet building in Brooklyn. It's called Union Temple. So it has many different uses. It's sort of a community center with a synagogue and at the forefront of Brooklyn. And they are a historic building. It's on National Historic Register. they have a sanctuary which is where you pray the synagogue room with about 1000 seats but over the years over past 100 years since the building was built their congregation has shrunk so they have changed as the cities are changing but the laws of the city have remained frozen 
in time. So they wanted to use this space as a cultural center. You know, they want to give back to the community. They want to hold appropriate shows. They want to do fundraising by helping in the upkeep of the building, but also giving back to the community. But unfortunately, the city was not forthcoming in that. So we are making it happen for them. So there was a design solution in redesigning the sanctuary for 1,000 people. There was a lot of architecture and retrofit involved. Besides that, we are also working in zoning and working with other city agencies in making this fix first temporarily so they can start using it. And pre-COVID, it was quite popular. And then going on and in the future, having this new breed of cultural ambassadors come into the space and give back to the community. So that's another one. So I like both these uh, projects. You know, we had tiny fix and big fix, but it has helped us really establish ourselves. And these have been challenging problems, I must say. Both of these being challenging. I'm quite proud of how we were creative in solving these problems. That's fabulous to hear. And you know, the best part about this is, Ritu, you're solving problems which affect, you know, people like yes. an Amazon warehouse center, right? It's affecting yes. a lot of people who order through Amazon. So it's like real world impact, not just like a, a building that's proprietary for somebody else. Yes, that, that is correct. Both of these are impacting thousands of people. So yeah, when I started off in as an architect and I thought about it, I only thought about buildings, you know, as I guess most people do. But then over the years, you realize buildings by themselves don't mean anything. It's the people that occupy the space, which mean everything. So even though we are designing the building, we're designing it for the people who are going to be using it. So they are at the forefront uh, of architectural field. That's pretty cool. So I'm going to take in a question from one of our listeners. This is from Vijay Goel. Uh, Vijay is asking about the work culture difference. Like having worked on such prestigious projects, what do you see as the difference in work culture from Mumbai to New York? Well, hi, dad. That's my dad. <laughs> dad yeah. is very interested to know how this works. <laughs> Yes, he's my cheerleader, but he is a genuinely a successful man from Mumbai. The work culture is very different. It is very different. So when I was when I worked in Mumbai, things were very informal. You know, you didn't really hang yourself on a set of drawings. Uh, you actually went to site, which is a construction field, and you worked out many of the things on site. But in US, I guess there is the whole project is broken up into many different pieces so there are many different people involved and a set of drawings which is how you communicate what you have in your head which is the design put down so instructions the plans the blueprints whatever you want to call it uh, they go to many different people who make many different things happen while you're overseeing the whole project so it is much more formalized and i think liability is huge in the us i guess it's getting into mumbai as well so that is, I think, one big difference in working in Mumbai, in the work culture, in the architectural field, as opposed to New York and the U.S. overall. That's pretty amazing. And I want to say a quick kudo to your dad, Mr. Vijay Goel. Uh, you have a wonderful daughter who's an inspiration <laughs> to a lot of young women, irrespective of the fields that we operate within. So thank you, Mr. Goel, for having such a blessed daughter who's always giving back to the community. All right. So you spoke about the role of women and how you're breaking the barriers of what people think, the first visual that comes to your mind when you say the word architect. And I would like to know, how are women architects changing the field of architecture and especially designing urban society? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm amazed at how much women have done. Of course, a lot remains to be done. But uh, 
I would like to bring the example of Zaha Hadid over here. And if you have not heard about her, if you have not read about her, I would highly advise you to check out the works of Zaha Hadid, the most famous, the best woman architect. Uh, she no longer lives, but her Beijing uh, airport was just open. So it's the largest airport in the world. So she is one of many who has changed, is changing the urban culture the built environment in cities. We in New York City have our own. We have Annabelle Seldorf. We have Jean Gang, who's in Chicago. So women are doing it. You know, women, are, there used to be Laura Morgan 100 years ago who did the Hearst Castle in California, and she did over 500 buildings in California, except nobody has heard about it because she was a quiet woman who just wanted to do her work. She just wanted to be recognized through her work. Uh, but now I think we are walking neck to neck with men and we are asking for attention just as the men in the field are getting the attention i believe the women in the field should get the attention too so it is still hard but like i said i believe in the economy you know it's not your first impulse to run out and get a woman architect you will hire an architect man woman or whoever so the re the reason a person will hire you is if you're able to show you're competent can deliver results as quickly, as easily, or maybe even better than someone else. That's how you will get a job. And I think the hesitance of hiring a woman architect no longer exists. So women, even though now they are doing, you know, they're rising, I think, from doing apartments, townhouses, maybe retail, interior spaces, not interior design, but interior architecture, they're rising to bigger buildings. I think that there's a lot of work out there for them to take, you know, just pre-COVID, as I talked about, change in two of my jobs from one use to another use a change was happening pre-covid and it is still happening even though this was a difficult year this was our best year yet because people are still doing things and right now in covid the use of space is changing as you must have heard the office occupancy in new york city is very low and these uses might be changed in the next five years so there's a lot of work that was going on and that remains to be done. So if the men, they no longer think that, you know, I shouldn't be hiring a woman architect. I think women are very well suited to get these jobs and they just have to be vocal about it. Like, you know, go on podcasts and educate the world on what architecture is like. That's amazing. And I'm so honored to have you on the show to continue breaking those barriers. Now, you bring up a very good point, Ritu, on the concept of mentorship. You know, it's great. One of your uh, mentees, uh, mm -hmm. Nitin Souza, is also on this podcast uh, as a listener. How do you see men as allies in this process? And how has mentorship impacted you, both as a mentor and a mentee? So you have just seen it in play. My dad asked a question. He was my first mentor. And my dad is an engineer. He, in his heyday, he ran the fleet for Indian Airlines, which used to be the largest airline. He's very technical minded. And I am, as a result, I think, is my dad. So my thinking is completely influenced by my dad. But uh, besides that, my first client was also my dad. So my dad, again, back in 19, even before the stonemason job, he hired me to fix one of his rental properties. And I fixed it. And to this day, he praises that no one else can fix similar problems in other properties. So he put his money where his mouth is. So that was the start of the male mentorship in my life. And I have naturally gravitated towards male mentors in my life and in architectural field during my career in the past uh, 30 years, 
there have been more male mentors than females. In fact, the females have actively tried to scuttle me, which is not very pleasant. And I think this uh, that's not gonna happen anymore. I think women are trying to encourage other women in the fields. The companies that I worked in, uh, the male mentors, and they themselves are minorities in the sense that they were, you know, most of them were Jewish. They mentored me. They, like I said, the job has to get done. They only looked at me as a student who was eager and capable and could do the job. And I had to stand up, I must say. So for example, let me give you an example in one of the firms uh, almost 20 years ago, uh, we had to measure a crawl space. So crawl space is space under a house. And if you try to remember, it is leaky, there's cobwebs, there might be mice in there. It's, it's a place mice. that you don't want to be. Nobody wants to go in there. So my coronal educated male colleagues said, I don't want to measure it. I said, I'll do it. So mentoring only happens when you facilitate it. You have to put yourself in that place to show you're eager and capable. You know, nobody's just going to just pick you and say, hey, you're a woman, poor you. Nobody has given you any opportunities. Let me give you the opportunity. It doesn't happen that way, unfortunately. You have to stand up, speak up and get the job done. So I've been very fortunate that in my mentoring, uh, these men, they only thought of me as an eager student and imparted their knowledge to me. In terms of my mentees, I think I have about four and five. Uh, uh, Pebble, one of my mentees, she's currently in Spain. So I'm very fortunate that they reach out to me time and again when they have issues. They're all in the profession of AEC, architecture and engineering and construction. And they're young people who are trying to make it. So things are a little bit harder now, as opposed to when I came to the US, immigration is harder. So I also happen to have some who are immigrants. And I'm very fortunate that they look to me for guidance and as someone who has made it happen. So it is a very fulfilling uh, thing to be a mentee as well. I think it adds to you as a person and it's rewarding. It's very, very rewarding to have these mentees and how they trust you and they make the decisions based on what they ask you. And they're all capable people and I wish them all great luck. That's awesome. And that's a quick reminder to our listeners to win a free mentoring session with Ritu, put in a question or a comment and one lucky winner gets an awesome chance to get to know Ritu and get mentorship as well. And you don't have to be in the field of architecture to get mentorship. You know, that's the best part that I've learned personally, Ritu. Some of my mentors, both men and women, are outside of my domain of technology or engineering. But it's those life lessons that you learn that you can do it. I think those are the pieces of inspiration that really keep you going. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a mentor may not necessarily have to be in your field. You know, he or she, he gives you, he imparts his wisdom because he or she has lived a life longer than you. And he helps you solve your problems. And he's your cheerleader. He, you know, he says, hey, you can do it. Just do it. That's awesome. So I'm going to quickly acknowledge a couple of other questions and comments from our listeners. A bunch are coming in, uh, I should say. So we have Sharon Arundel, uh, just saying hi, and thanks for having the show and chatting with us. Thank you, Sharon, for tuning in as well. Sharon is my good friend, and she's an architect, one of the established and bigger companies in New York. Hi, Sharon. Thanks for tuning in. And we have a comment from Saurabh Relia, one of our other listeners, impressive bunch of talented women. We are indeed, <laughs> and so are our upcoming guests. So thank you, Saurabh, for tuning in. We have a couple of questions. So let's start with, uh, let's start with Sharon. How do you maintain work-life ba balance? Your friend wants to get a sneak peek into that part of it. 
Well, it's not hard for me because if I don't have that balance, I just am useless. I'll be, you know, I can't do anything. So in order to get things done properly, I have to go back and forth between work and other things in life. And as uh, my the viewers may know it, I have a full life. You know, I have a husband. I have a teenage daughter who's most likely tuned in at this minute from on YouTube from Cardiff. She's studying in Cardiff in United Kingdom. Uh, I spend a lot of time, or at least before she went to Cardiff. I have hobbies, and those hobbies are extremely fulfilling. And I have family. So if I, I, I'm just never been capable of working more than, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. And I have learned over the years that it is being efficient in your work. And I'm pretty cre creative in being efficient. I can get things done quickly, and my understanding is quite crisp and clear as compared to someone else might take longer time. So I know I have to, it's not the hours that count, it's the work that you do. Uh, so yeah, work-life balance has never been difficult for me. And also my interest has been in not only excelling at my career, but in excelling at many other things in life. So I always make sure I put time into those things. What is one favorite aspect of your life, be it a hobby or a passion outside of architecture? Well, at this time, in the COVID time, let me tell you, it's Facebook. So if you want to go see my colorful pictures, I have a lot of pictures. So I guess taking pictures, photos, and presenting them in a way, storytelling has become a recent hobby. So as of this time, it is uh, Facebooking. That's pretty cool. And I love the fact that you're very spot on on where you need to spend your energy and how do you, how do, you do that smart and efficiently? No, that's very crucial so you're not stressing yourself out thanks yes that is that is true uh but again that perspective comes the older you get you know i have been in spite of uh doing many different things in my life i have gotten burnt out a couple of times you know even though i was doing everything so i guess i was doing too much at that point so as time goes on you see that where you went wrong and what you need to fix so i have been able to do that recently Cool. An interesting question from Rajesh Dhawan. Inspiration from Frank Wright. What's one thing that you can say about it? Well, Guggenheim Museum. I think it's amazingly dynamic building in New York City. Uh, so that would be, as a designer, I would say that is an incredibly inspiring building itself. We've also visited uh, Falling Waters, one of his famous buildings in Pennsylvania. And that is a bold design as well. So uh, be bold. I guess that is my takeaway from Frank Lloyd Wright. That's pretty cool. Thanks, Rajesh, for that question. We have two questions from Vidhi Adwani. Um, she says, hi, Ritu. What is one thing that you should say um, for a young woman who's trying to find her place in New York? What is one advice that you would give? And I would ask you from a professional standpoint and from a personal well-being standpoint as well. Hi, Vidhi. That's another one of my mentees. So it looks like I have a good uh, circle of friends. And Vidhi is a young architect from Mumbai herself in India, uh, in right here in New York at this time. So what motivates you in a profession? I think at this time, point of time in my career, it's having this impact. You know, it is the success stories. It takes time to get there. At this time, people, you know, you're working in someone else's design, helping someone else execute that design. But at some point, you will be able to fulfill your own vision as well. 
So it is that which keeps me going. I am absolutely energized by cities from Mumbai to New York, both are large cities. You know, I've never lived in a small city. And you see how cities change and you see the place of architecture, of urban design in the place of people's lives. You know, it's everywhere. You're inside an apartment, you're on the street, you're on a ferry, you're on a bridge, but these are all built environments. So you're impacting human lives every minute of the day. And that's what keeps me going. And I think there's great need for change as the city is evolving because of how our culture is changing, how things are changing in our lives. That, you know, that's what keeps me going, that excitement. You know, I want to do it. I want to do this other thing in New York, which is going to change people's lives. You know, that's the spirit of being human. It's, it's that thing that keeps you uh, up at night. And for you, it's working smartly. So maybe not <laughs> up at night, I should say. <laughs> no, you know, something that I wanted to ask your mentees, both Vidhi Adwani and Nigel D'Souza, if you can drop a quick comment about what is one thing that you enjoy, you know, being a mentee to uh, 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 Ritu, I would love to hear it. And I think it will be a great way for Ritu to hear you know, your perspective on how you see her as a mentor. So feel free to go ahead and put a comment, which I'm going to uh, give as a nice gift as being part of this podcast uh, to Ritu. I'm going to take a couple of other questions from, uh, there's one more from Vidhi. Uh, what is a road bump that you've encountered? Uh, and we spoke about, you know, being a woman of color in this field. But as an Asian American, if I can dig deep into this question, what is one challenge that you constantly see facing in this field? Well, there's several challenges. So we are speaking about one challenge. Uh, I think architectural field in itself is very, very difficult. So before I answer the question as an Asian American woman architect, let me answer the question for all architects at large in this country, which is it takes the longest time in this country to become an architect than it does anywhere in the world. It takes you 12 years to get licensed as an architect, which is crazy. Unfortunately, the gatekeepers of the profession have made it so. So I hope they change it. So it's just not for me, it's for anybody, a white Caucasian American male born here, that's the average time it takes. Uh, for women especially, as my economist husband will tell you, they tend to suffer from these policies more. You know, If you wanna have a family, well, think of those 12 years, you're gonna now take longer. If you're getting divorced, you're gonna take longer now. So licensing, to become licensed as an architect who can use your own name and your designs has been uh, a big thing. Now, the issue of being an Asian American woman, I think All right, let's see if Ritu's still with us. We might be having a technical glitch. So keep on those questions coming. And in the meantime, we have a couple of other comments from our mentees of uh, Ritu Saheb. We have Nigel Souza who says, the opportunities to learn and develop these skills is something that Ritu is always fascinated about. So thank you, Nigel, for that wonderful comment on Ritu. And we also have Vidhi Adwani who says, Ritu believes in you and that keeps you motivating as always. So these are wonderful comments to get to hear on how you uh, feel about the mentorship with Ritu. And as we try to get her back online, please drop in more questions about what you would like to hear from Ritu. And as a quick reminder, we do have a free mentoring session that's up for grabs. So continue to put in these great questions or a comment and we'll uh, get to Ritu in a couple of minutes as she tries to get back online. 
And uh, as another quick reminder, do continue to subscribe to us by following me, Priyanka Komla, for your LinkedIn Live notifications, as well as the Career Startup Podcast page. We're also on YouTube and Twitter and your favorite podcast uh, streaming platforms as well. All right, we have some more uh, comments from Nigel. She's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, that's the best part about Ritu, as I've heard about her life story coming in as a, an architect from Mumbai all the way to New York. It's very impressive about the journey that she has beautifully transformed herself into and the wonderful support of family and friends. I think that's very crucial for somebody who's following an unconventional path. And I'm so happy to see a lot of these young mentees, Pete, Nigel, and Vidhi, who are following in her footsteps and creating a mark for themselves. I think uh, you know that's something that's very admirable as well. All right, so let's give another moment to see what's happening with uh, Ritu. And you know the best part about all these LinkedIn live shows is you never know what's going to happen next. So as a as a host, it's always like being on your toes. All right, I have a couple of other comments coming in, which I'm going to quickly acknowledge. Rajesh, thank you so much. Uh, uh, it's always inspiring to hear wonderful comments from listeners like you. And I'm so glad you've subscribed to us. You know, that's the best part about uh, getting to engage with you listeners on an ongoing basis. And you're going to get notifications whenever we go live, which is Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays. So we have awesome episodes coming up in our lineup as well. And Ritu is on her way. So thank you, Raymond, for that quick comment. Very inspiring interview. Thank you so much, uh, Satya. Really appreciate the wonderful uh, you know, comments and wisdom that I always keep getting from my listeners. You know, something that I want to ask my listeners especially is, how has mentorship helped you personally? Uh, you know, because that's something that I'm experimenting with our Career Startup podcast, wherein we try to engage our listeners with our guests through these free mentoring sessions, because I get a wonderful chance to meet these amazing people, be it C-suite entrepreneurs or, uh, you know, uh, people who have a lot of wisdom. And I would love to get your thoughts on how do you find these, uh, the aspect of mentoring in that way, it helps us focus more on what kind of, uh, what are some ways in which we can bridge the gap between our listeners and our guests as well. So keep those wonderful questions and comments coming as well. And as Ritu is on her way, uh, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what's gonna happen next. We have a fun rapid fire round for her as well, wherein we're gonna put her on the spot so if you have any questions, I would love to hear your thoughts on how do you put her on the spot once she gets back in. And for those who joined us a little late, I'm going to put in some pictures of Ritu so you can get to see her other side while she uh, comes back online. Quite sure that's her on a, a tall skyscraper on her field. 
kind of have another impressive picture of her as well. This is her as a stone mason. It's always fascinating how people uh, go through a journey like this. And I was really inspired when she told me, you know, to our listeners that uh, when she was on that flight, she felt like there's no go back, going back. And there she is. There's no going back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That was a huge crash on my computer. Just had to wait for it to reboot. Hey, not a problem. I'm so glad Raymond was on the job to keep me tuned as to what was happening at your end. So thank you, Raymond. I have a good team. You do. All right. I have a, another quick comment from Nikita. Uh, she says, hi, Priyanka. I've been listening to your podcast for some time now. And she's got two wonderful mentorship sessions with my guests. She's always on the go asking great questions. So thank you, Nikita. I hope you're going to put, your, put yourself into the lucky dip for this mentoring session as well. While you were dealing with the technical glitches, uh, Ritu, I was keeping the audience entertained about the role of mentorship. You know, that's very important in everybody's life. And I was just trying to pick their brains on uh, a fun rapid fire round question for you as well. So mm -hmm. let's see if we can get something on those lines. Let's go. And, and something that your mentees actually spoke about you and you were away for a quick minute is <laughs> you always believe in them and you give them opportunities to develop skills and you're pretty cool. So that's something Thank that I wanted you. to make sure you heard. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I do. Uh, you have to believe in your mentors. You know, I'm good that I have good people who uh, seek me seek me out for advice. These are very capable people, and I give them more opportunities than they would otherwise get from elsewhere. So I definitely try to do that, and they deserve it. That's awesome. All right. So, are you ready for a fun rapid fire round? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start with some of the questions our listeners have wanted me to ask you. Mm -hmm. A mentor who's impacted you? A uh, mentor who's impacted me. So someone that I, I already mentioned, uh, Fred, uh, my dad. But let me talk about Fred. Fred is my mentor, and he is the last firm that I worked with. And uh, I was being groomed to uh, become a partner, except that didn't happen, and I moved on. But Fred gave me a lot of opportunities where I could apply myself. But most of all, he taught me how to sell. Because if you don't have jobs, you can't build. You know, Either you or someone else in your firm has got to get those jobs. So that was a very important skill besides the architectural skills Fred taught me. That's, thanks, Fred. So you need to have a lot of other skills, right? Like marketing, how do you project yourself, soft skills, all those go hand in hand no matter whether you're an architect or a technologist. Absolutely, that is true. So in my business, one third is about doing the job. Uh, one third is about getting the job, you know, it's, uh, and one third is about having the infrastructure to keep the job going, as in having other people uh, do the job with me, the software and so on, so forth. So that's how I look at my job as an architect. Awesome. So the next question on your rapid fire round. So let's try to keep this rapid. I'm going to put you on the hot seat here really quick. All right, this is from uh, Nigel de Sosa. What's your dream, dream project or a location that you wanted to develop or create from scratch? So this is not quite from scratch, but I wanted to have a barn house. So we've been working on a brown house and that would be quite a dream. You take a barn and convert it into uh, modern living for our family. What does happiness mean to you? Happiness means a life well lived. So I'm quite holistic in my approach. It's not just not just the career, it's many other things as well. So then end of my life, I should be able to see and say, hey, I lived it. I did it. 
So one thing I believe you do is like when you have time off, you can be seen seen running uh, in the streets of New York or maybe on the side of a river in New York. Tell us about your love for running. Yes, yeah, so running it uh, goes way back again. I turn it back to my father who made us uh, run at the age of 12. You know, he is himself multicultural, multifaceted in terms of his hobbies. And that's where the love for running came from. So when I was young in Mumbai, I would go running on the airport road, Sahara Airport in Mumbai, which was the only empty road you could find in Mumbai at that time. That's it started from there. And now I run along the East River on Lower East Side in New York. That's pretty cool. What is one fun thing about Ritu that you haven't shared with anyone and it's exclusive to our listeners? Well, I don't know if it's any such thing exists, but I will share one thing which very few people know, which is how I met my husband. So you just uh, communicated with Raymond and I met him through business. Uh, I had heard that there was this guy who had renovated his penthouse. So I thought, oh, maybe he'll renovate again. Or he knows people who would want to renovate. That's how I met him. And uh, so he was a business lead. I didn't know him before that. He was a business lead, of course. I didn't get the job, but I ended up marrying the man. So that's that's my secret. My secret's out. That's amazing. And I'm, uh, I wish you all the very, very best for a successful you know, marriage and a partnership. Thank you, Raymond. You're an amazing partner. You know, when a crash happened, uh, a technical you know, glitch happened, he was on the spot keeping me updated. So really appreciate that, Raymond. Thanks, Ray. What is your native language and one word to describe yourself in it? So my native language is Hindi. And my dad used to describe me as Hari Mirch, which means a firecracker or, uh, and now my husband has taken up that term, you know, uh, smart act, smart Alex. So, so that's me, I'm very street smart as well. And Hari Mirch describes me perfectly. I really love the way you look at yourself because I see you as a level-headed woman who knows where she stands and knows what she wants. And that's a huge challenge with a lot of Asian American women, you know, as we, we always feel when that, uh, you know, when you're saying something, is it, you know, is it going to sound more like a brag or am I tooting my horn? But looking at you, Ritu, I'm so inspired by the fact that when you know what you want in your life and you stand up for your values and the self-worth that you have, you don't have to feel or think twice about projecting yourself. Yes, absolutely. So that has always been true. I guess when I was young, it was called being immodest or you know, bragging, bragging or tooting your horn. As you get older, you see the value in it. So of course, they have to be true things. You can't talk about things which are not true. And I felt, again, that's as being a woman in a very, very male-dominated field. You have to let your accomplishments known and you have to stand up and be seen. So I've not been shy about that. That's true. Pretty cool. One last question on our rapid fire round. If not architecture, what would Ritu be doing? Vidhi, I've not thought of anything but architecture. But before I decided to become an architect, I wanted to be a physicist. That was the first thing my dad will remember that I said, I am going to study physics and I'm going to invent all these wonderful theories in physics. That's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, one parting thought I wanted to ask you is, uh, we have a question from Nikita. I'm going to take that and then ask you for your parting thoughts. You mentioned architecture, which is a mix of arts and science. How do you distinguish between the role of an architect, a structural engineer, a civil engineer when you're building? 
So the roles of a structural engineer is very clear. He's designing the structure for the building, which is the beams, the columns, the slabs, and so on. So architects and structural engineers, they work in conjunction with them. The civil engineer's role is far bigger than that, that he is also looking at the sewage coming into the building. He's looking at the whole development as such. So the roles are very clearly defined in the field. So architect is the person who talks about the functionality and he adds the beauty to other things which go. And structural engineering and civil engineering is the functionality aspect that goes into the building. But architecture is basically the first person who designs the vision and the other consultants come in. So I have absolutely no problem distinguishing myself in these roles and it's established in the industry. Thank you, Nikita, for that great question. It's always nice to have people outside of your field. So we're yes. curious about what does it mean, like all these different terms. Now, the final question I wanted to ask you, Ritu, is how do you handle low moments in your life? Because, you know, to an outsider, you come across as someone who's put your life together in the most perfect way. You know how to live a fulfilling life. You know your self-worth. But tell me what happens inside the real Ritu when she goes to bed. Oh, there have been low moments. There have been plenty. They have reduced over the years because uh, successes have been more. And secondly, like I said, I've cultivated other things in my life. Uh, the thing is you have to consciously remember if you have a low moment, it's temporary. It's not forever. And any point you stand at 16, it's hard to see that. It's hard to see your past and see that, you know, you only see failures, but at 25, it's easier at 35, it's easier at my age, which is more than 45. It's still easier. And I've accomplished a lot. I've done many difficult things, moving countries, marriage, divorce, child, business, so on. So it's a lot easier to get over those low moments at this time. But again, if I do have low moments, my go-to place is Hercule Poirot of Agatha Christie. Always cheers me up. I'm, I'm always watching his videos and I'm taken to that moment of happiness. That's a great way to end our podcast. And you know, the greatest parting thought I have from this podcast with you, Ritu, is going after the best because your passion lies there. But at the same time, when you have those highs and lows, finding what your secret sauce is, you know, for you, it's Agatha Christie, you know, for somebody, it could be meditation or going out for a run, finding that part of it. So you lead a very balanced and stable life. You know, that's very inspiring. And that talks about, that speaks volumes about the kind of impact that you have for you and the people around you. And this podcast is a great example where I see, you know, your parents and your family, your mentees being there to cheer for your success. So what's one parting thought for all the listeners out there and to your family and friends who are supporting you in this awesome endeavor? Well, I'm very thankful for all the effort they have uh, put in to promote me as a person. And uh, I hope the cycle continues. I can you know, give that of myself to other people so that uh, we have this fantastic place where women architects and you know, people in other trying fields exist and rise and are recognizable. That's awesome. So tell us about your experience being on Curry Up Startup Podcast. What do you love most about the show? And why should people listen in to Curry Up Startup Podcast? As I was talking to Priyanka just before the show that, you know, I started listening to two, then five, then seven, and so on. So it is very interesting. What I like is Priyanka brings in people from many different fields. And people not only talk about their work stories, but they also talk about their personal stories. You know, when I want to learn from people, I don't want just the ideas in their business, but I also want to know what kind of people they are. So that helps me a lot. So 
I think that's true from what Priyanka is doing. I think she works very hard. Priyanka's podcasts are really inspiring. And these Asian and other entrepreneurs, she has far more than Asian entrepreneurs, they have good stories and these stories should be heard. So if you are looking to see if success exists and how people have made it, I think this is the place to come because there are a lot of these inspiring stories from people from many different fields. Uh, so I hope you will subscribe on Twitter, you will subscribe on YouTube, and I hope as uh, you will subscribe on LinkedIn to Priyanka's podcast. I'm absolutely honored to be here and share my story with our listeners. Thank you so much, Ritu, for your kind words. And we love to continue to bring in amazing trailblazer entrepreneurs, leaders, and allies onto the show to help our listeners you know, really feel that success is all within reach. And I'm glad you summed it up in such a beautiful way. Thank you, Priyanka. It's been a great pleasure. And I look forward to continuing to listen to your podcast with other interesting guests. Thank you. But before we leave, drum roll for a free mentoring session. We have a lucky winner, which I wanted you to uh, announce. Are you ready for it, Ritu? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. It's going to be Nikita Parmer. Uh, for her interesting questions. So congratulations, Nikita, on successfully winning three mentoring sessions in a row. It's amazing. And we want to say thank you so much, Ritu. And we'll connect you with Nikita offline so you get a chance to connect with her and she can benefit from the mentoring session as well. So thank you so much, Ritu. Such a pleasure having you on the show. And I'm really inspired that you can always do what you want. If you set your eyes, your spirit, your mind on it, and you're just a wonderful example of someone who takes life in a measured way, but still has the school attitude, which I really love. So kudos on that. Thanks, Prinka. It's been a great interview. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm going to uh, put in a couple of other uh, acknowledgments for our listeners who have put in some comments for us. Nikita says, thank you. She's super excited having on this mentoring session with you. and. Your mentee, Vidhi, would love to say something to you. You're a great support system and give great advice. And you're an amazing mentor. Uh, and I'm so glad you're going to have mentors from outside of your domain who can feel inspired and can benefit from getting to understand life in a slightly different perspective, too. Thanks, Vidhi. I appreciate it. Awesome. With that being said, thank you so much to all our listeners for your um, uh, amazing support and for your patience as we dealt with slight glitches as well. It's always nice to be on these live shows and continue to be on my toes. That's the best part about being a, a host on the show as well. And thank you, Ritu, for your wonderful uh, uh, you know, support to be on our podcast. And I want to say thank you, Shweta Vikram, who connected Ritu and me. Shweta, she's an amazing personal and a wellness coach. And uh, she was another podcast guest of ours as well. So it's always nice to see how we can continue supporting each other. Thanks, Priyanka, and thanks to our guests for coming and asking their wonderful questions. And to my whole team of supporters, I thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, uh, this is Priyanka Komla, your host of Career Startup Podcast, signing off. Again, our podcast, Career Startup, is focused on spotlighting world-class Asian entrepreneurs, C-suite executives, and thought leaders who can inspire you with your personal journey. And do continue to subscribe and support us by following me, Priyanka Komla, on LinkedIn, by following my Priyanka Komla page or the LinkedIn page for our Career Startup Podcast, so you get your LinkedIn Live notifications. We're also on YouTube, Twitter, and your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until another episode with another interesting guest, this is Priyanka Kumla signing off.